Hello, everybody. Welcome to Half Court and Mid Range. I've got Ray here on the phone with me, uh, and we've got oh my gosh, so much has happened in the NBA. Oh boy! So, hey, how's it going? I'm just reeling from this NBA insanity. It's nonstop, crazy things happening. We haven't Um, we haven't recorded for a day. It seems like, and even in the day that we haven't recorded. So much has happened. Yes. I think I think since we've last recorded, let's see, probably at least five of the top ten players in the league have changed teams. recorded every player plays for a different team than they used to except for joe harris except for joe harris who is on his own team now they said that that he's not allowed to have any other player on the court with him at at once (laughs) too good too good too good but yes it has been crazy i woke i like rolled around in bed this morning i think around 5 45 and my brother texted me (laughs) that Paul George and Kawhi were going to the Clippers. And of course I immediately woke up and just started reading about everything that was happening. And that feels pretty representative of what it's like to be an NBA fan the last couple of weeks. Wait, so you went to bed before that got announced? I did. Well, I, yeah, I guess I, well, I think I was watching, I was finishing Chernobyl Mm. and I guess I've, I either went to bed before that or I didn't like check social media to see if something, it kind of seemed at a certain point in the night that Kawhi's decision wasn't going to come out. Mm. And so I wasn't really actively looking for it. And then, yeah. How did you hear about it? He, he fooled you. He threw you off the scent. You thought it was okay to sleep. Never sleep, never sleep on the board, man. (laughs) I'll never sleep again. I was uh, ra- I was refreshing the NewBalance.com uh, webpage, and <laughs> <laughs> as I often do on Saturday. What, what was last night on Friday nights? <laughs> I mean, that's your homepage, right? Yes, I was opening up my NewBalance.com homepage, regular Friday night routine. Uh, no, actually, I was um, I was out biking on my way back from watching the Happy Talk Band on Frenchman Street, uh, and uh, as I was biking up. Frenchman, a guy yelled, Paul George is on the Clippers now. He just like yelled that out. Uh, And so I was intrigued. I wanted to talk to this guy and, you know, figure out how he knew this information. I also assumed that meant that I I knew if Paul George was going, then that meant Kawhi was going. It didn't make sense otherwise in my mind. So I was like, oh, I guess Kawhi picked. But I hadn't really been checking any sort of... um, uh, since, you know, I hadn't really checked anything since like seven, I think that, and it was pretty late when we were biking back. So, yeah, yeah. it's happy talk band. Uh, is that like a DC talk cover band? <laughs> uh, probably, <laughs> happier? probably about <laughs> as far from, far from it. <laughs> if y'all are listening, uh, you know, check out their music at your own risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, so back to, to the deal that we're actually talking about. Um, uh, both, so Kawhi Leonard was a free agent, and he was being reported that he was deciding between returning to the Raptors, um, signing with, and or signing with the Los Angeles Clippers or Los Angeles Lakers. And throughout the week, it seemed pretty clear that for the most part, people really had no idea what Kawhi was going to do. But then various reporters would kind of stick their neck out and say, I think he's going to the Lakers, or I think he's going to the Raptors. Or, um, but that kind of kept changing every day. Um, and then late last night, as we were talking about, it broke that he was, that Kawhi was signing with the Clippers, which seemed to be the most unlikely um, prior to actually happening. And not only that, but that he convinced Paul George, who was on the Oklahoma City Thunder, to ask for a trade. Um, to join him with the Clippers, and Kawhi only went to the Clippers because that was going to happen. 
the Clippers traded a whole bunch of draft picks and a good young player in Shea Gildas Alexander and another player, uh, Danilo Gallinari. I hope my pronunciations are okay there. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was the madness that Court heard about while riding his bicycle, and I learned about as I was waking up this morning. Um, Shout out to Jeff for texting texting you that news. Yes, yes. Um, also, sometimes when I'm, when I'm like, should I check Twitter to see if something happened? I usually know that if it's something that big that I'm going to get a text about it from Jeff or somebody else. So, um, especially if it involves the Pelicans, then I normally, or the Sixers, then I normally get a couple of texts. But, mm. um, anywho, so of course, what do you think? Are the Clippers the favorites for the, for the championship next year? Wow. That's so hard to say. Uh, I know that they are like Vegas has them as the favorites. So it seems like I should probably just say yes. I mean, unless the Vegas is trying to take my money, in which case I should say, no, they're not the favorites. <laughs> uh, say no to Vegas. Do you know what? Do you, sponsored by Robbie Colby. Always say no to Vegas. <laughs> do you actually know uh, what the, um, what the, the odds are for them? The Vegas odds? I think I, I think I saw three to. They were definitely the favorites. I think I saw three to one. Oh, that's terrible. Um. So, yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're that likely. There's just it's so wide open now. It seems to me, just in yeah. that like nobody has that sort of a uh, dominant team where you're like, oh, that's going to be really boring. Like last year, where you're like, oh, it's boring. The Warriors are just going to win. Of course, that's not what actually happened, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think that they're favorites, but I, so if I had to pick one team, I think they have the highest shot to win, but I don't, yeah, like you said, I don't think they're overwhelming favorites like the Warriors have been, um, mainly because I think there are four other really good teams in the West. And then two good teams in the East. So I think the Rockets are still really good if they don't, kill each other. Apparently there's some personality conflicts between James Harden and Chris Paul. And I think the Lakers are still really good. We'll talk about them more later, but Anthony Davis and LeBron James are is a really good starting point. And the Jazz made some good moves, so I actually think they're contenders. Um, and I still think the Warriors, if Clay comes back healthy, could, could potentially win. So... All that to say, I don't think they're overwhelming favorites because I think it's going to be pretty brutal to get out of the West. And whichever teams get in at the bottom of the West, the Nuggets, the Trailblazers. Um, the Pelicans? The, possibly the Pelicans. The Mavericks could be feisty. The Kings could be feisty. I think it's going to be really hard to get you know through the Western Conference playoffs. So... Um, but yeah, um, the Clippers did a really good job. Something that a lot of people have noticed is that a lot of times these really great players team up. They're on this roster where it's like just them, and they have to cobble together um, guys on minimum salaries. Um, but the Clippers actually have a really nice team. Um, they've got Lou, Lou Williams. They've got Landry Shamet. Um, they've got Montrez Harrell. Um, They've got a bunch of like really nice guys, Patrick Beverly. Um, so this is like a really complete team, and I, I think I think they're going to be really good. Oh yeah, I always forget that with these like sort of super team things. I'm like, I'm evaluating this based, you know, based on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who are both very good, and then sort of like replacement level signings, or even dumber than replacement yeah. level signings in some of the cases of these super teams. Yeah, um, but yeah, you're right. It's like that's a solid. That's a solid supporting cast right there. And it's, yeah. 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 How were they able to make the room in that way to do this? They were able to do it because they, they signed a bunch of those guys on really team friendly deals. So, uh, Landry Shamet is a, is on a rookie contract and he got drafted at the end of the first round. So he probably makes like, so basically, uh, for our listeners, teams have about $110 million to spend for this season, and that's kind of a silly number. Actually, for the most part, they can use these exceptions to actually spend more than that, but um, that's the general baseline that they're aiming for. Um, 
And so the best players take about a third of that if they're signed to the biggest deal. So basically Paul George and Kawhi are going to make roughly $70 million or $65 million. Um, the Clippers were able to build this great team because I think they're paying Lou Williams like $8 million. Landry Schmidt probably like a million and a half dollars. Harrell's I think making $5 million or less dollars. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Patrick Beverly is, you know, in the low teens, I think. Anyhow, they've been able to, like, cobble together this really nice team by um, having guys on good deals. And there's other more complicated, less interesting things as to how they can do it. But um, but that's why they were able to do it. Um, yeah. And I do think I do think in some cases, the other thing about this is, you know, when LeBron and Wade and Bosch teamed up in Miami, they were all amazing players, top 10 players. I think Wade and LeBron were top five players. Um, you know, they also didn't fit together as well. I think Kawhi and Paul George and this whole roster just like makes a lot of sense together. So mm. that's another reason I feel good about them. So. Yeah. Well, to speaking a little bit about that, uh, the Heat super team, um, how like has the way that players decide where they go changed? Do you think? Do you think that they have more? Are they definitely like in the driver's seat now? Or are they the uh, the puppeteer or the marionette? <laughs> they are. I think they have moved to be the puppeteers. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about this, and I think there'll be more of it in light of this. But um, they're calling people are calling it the player empowerment era, and players are both choosing not only choosing where they want to go when their contracts are up, and that's just the power that they have. But even when their contracts aren't up, they're saying, "I want to go to this team, or I want to team up with this guy," and they're basically able to apply enough pressure and leverage to make that happen. Um, and so in this case, Paul George just went up to the Thunder and was like, "I'm going to get traded to the Clippers." And a week later, he was traded. And mind you, they got a ton of picks for it, so it's not like they really got they really got hosed or anything. But it was still like the the power, you know, the, the players' decision that was leading to this change. Um, when contractually, they didn't have that. Um, so I, I do think that we are in a in a different phase. Um, and I think it's I think it's great. You know, at, if we go way back with major league sports, like players basically never even had free agency um, for a while. <laughs> that was like a new convention. They basically were drafted by a team and they either just played there for their careers or if the team decided to trade them, um, you know, they, they just went wherever. And if they're, if they want to play basketball, then they were kind of beholden to their fate. Um, there's some differences. There's also like multiple leagues at a point there was the NBA and, a, and ABA. And so they did have some, um, some agency. Um, however, um, and then at the same time, they didn't make as much money because they couldn't like negotiate with all the teams. And so it was a raw deal, just not really a, a fair marketplace for them. Um, and now I think it's shifted totally other direction, which is good. I think the players are the talent. They are the reason that people are excited. People pay a lot of money because they want to go see LeBron James and, um, and Kawhi and all these guys. And so I'm glad that they get to do what they want to do and, you know, play where they want to play. Um, so yeah, what do, what do you think about all that court? I agree with you that, uh, it is good that like, since the players are providing the value, uh, well, you know, one can make some sort of argument for like ownership and management, like also like, you know, providing some sort of value to the league, uh, far as like organizing everything and whatnot but yes the players are the like that's who you're there to see they're the ones who have like the basketball talent and the basketball minds uh so i think it's cool that they get to like pick to you know play where they want to play play with who they want to play with um but there is a part of me that uh you know, kind of misses that the old school, like, oh, I'm going to be on this team and then I'm just going to be on that team for forever, basically. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's something that's like maybe a little bit of like the like placelessness of, uh, you know, 
modernity. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even like, you know, modernity is, is old hat by now. Uh, yeah. but yeah, in this, in, in our contemporary world, it's like people are really, uh, he, transient and, uh, it's like cool that Kawhi Leonard, he's like, okay, I'm going to get traded. He asks for the trade and then he just like goes and wins a title in a year. Uh, and then he's like, I'm going to go over here and win a different, you know, maybe win a title where I want to be too. And it's also cool for him because he gets to go back to his hometown, which that, yeah, that is one thing. But I feel like there's just like a little bit of like lack of like place. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. And I feel like that mirrors you know, just, I get you, 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 you reference modernity and I, I, I definitely hear that. And also kind of think about that with myself. I mean, I know you and I both have, you know, a couple of years ago, we're like, we're going to go to New Orleans, just kind of packed up our stuff and went down. Super tan. And that was, <laughs> yeah, we did for, we did form a type of basketball team. That is for sure. I don't know if super would be a great adjective <laughs> to describe the team that we created, but, um, but I do think, yeah, there is something that, uh, I wonder about when I think about that and, you know, thinking about my parents, uh, being more kind of, uh, tied down to a certain place and committed to a certain place for a long time that, uh, that is, is different and seems to have, uh, Yeah seems to have value and uh anyhow i don't know where exactly that's going but it does feel related to just that we are very like mobile people now and i think there probably would be something a lot other we probably have lost a lot in not being as committed to places so or just that like every place is the same now you know, mm. you can go and then there's like, you know, the same hotel, there's like whatever hotel, the Hyatt, and then you go in and there's like the uh, Starbucks there and the, you go to the mall and you buy your clothes at all the same places, wherever people buy clothes. I don't know. <laughs> I think that, I think that's interesting because to some extent, I think that's true. And, you know, places, there's certain trends and now like, if we go on a trip based on our preferences, we're probably going to find ourselves in like restaurants and coffee shops that kind of feel similar if we're in different cities or like parks that are kind of curated to our preferences. But I do think that, uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure, well, I'll just ask you, I mean, don't you think, do you think that living in New York city is fundamentally is, is very different than living in New Orleans? Yeah, I mean, those are two like places that also have like a very s- strong sense of place, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would say when we peel back the onion in most places, we find that they're pretty, pretty different. You know, I've been getting to know Philly a lot more in the last year, and there is a you know, there's definitely it is definitely very different just in terms of how people relate. There's different. Um, kind of influences of immigrant communities here and, and cultural traditions. And um, so I, I do think when you kind of dip in the town for like a weekend, then it can all feel like if I go to, you know, spend a weekend in New Orleans and I had known it, I could probably have a similar experience if I spent a weekend in Austin or, or Brooklyn or something like that. But I don't know. I think when you feel back that it, it gets, it gets more different. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, yeah. speaking of speaking of people coming to New Orleans, mm. uh, the, the Pelicans. Yeah, b- big time segue. The Pelicans. Uh, the draft happened. They made some deals in the draft uh, that allowed them to pick up some extra picks. So they got even more guys that are going to come uh, to the Big Easy, and uh, they also made uh, some free agent signings and some trades to uh, get some more players. So uh, you want to talk about the draft first here? Yes. Um, so yeah, the, the Pelicans, they, as expected, as 
very widely expected. Um, they drafted Stein Williamson with first pick. Um, we talked about him a lot. Um, I think we talked about him last time, but he is a phenom and an exciting, physically dominant player. They also drafted a center, Jackson Hayes, who's super athletic. He's a Charles Brim runner, so probably going to block a lot of shots. Probably going to be a good pick-and-roll guy who's going to go on dunks. And fits well with Zion in that they should be able to run the floor really well together, and just generally the Pelicans should be able to run the floor. Um, and then Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a, is a guard. Um, I don't know as much about him, but a bunch of people are saying that he's got a he's got a shot to be um, a nice player. Um, so yeah, and they and they actually so to get those they got more players too, but those are the main ones. To get that, they trade it uh, with the Atlanta Hawks, who really wanted Virginia standout DeAndre Hunter. Um, so the Pelicans trade it down and draft more players instead of drafting one higher. Um, they missed out on DeAndre, man. Talk about yeah. Philly. He's yeah. Philly guy, yeah. You could have just had a UVA. Do you think you would have gone to the UVA uh, club event down in in New Orleans? Um, you could go to Cooper house? Yeah, I don't. I no. He's got better parties to go to. <laughs> probably right. Yeah. He also just right. seems like a guy who's like pretty doesn't need to you know go to a party to have a good time. He's very he seems like very content a lot. I just want to go to a party tonight. I uh, just yeah just felt like going to a party tonight. Something <laughs> something something. This party's got me feeling all right. <laughs> That's the song by Court's dad's band, Kip Castro. Everybody. Um. um so yeah, you know, uh, do, is is Zion any good? Actually, <laughs> Wait, Andrew Hunt actually seems he seems I say this in an endearing way he seems kind of dorky. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think he's like a he's just like a little shy. the uh, The only time I ever saw Jackson Hayes actually was um, on uh, what's his name uh, the uh, guy who used to be on SNL. He's the uh, Oh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. For some reason, I knew it wasn't Jimmy Kimmel, and I was like, oh, I have this in my head. Anyway, Jimmy Fallon show had uh, some of the draft prospects on to play like a stupid game where they like shot different objects into the hoop, uh, and Jackson Hayes and DeAndre Hunter were on the same team, and everyone on the uh, all the other like draft prospects were just kind of like making fun of him and calling him champ a little bit, and he just seemed like, you know, a little shy, basically. Um, yeah, that's the sense I got to. And again, I like it, and I say that as a as oh, yeah. one, a dorky person, and two, as a person who would be extremely shy in all of those settings. All and and say, he's I also very, like, things. you know, he's very good, but he's, like, humble for that. Like, he did, you know, he was the best player yeah. on the team that won the championship, yeah. so. Yeah. So I could totally see him saying, I'm not going to this fancy NBA player party, but I'm going to Cooper Manning's UBA club holiday party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was a hoot, everybody. I recommend checking it out. Even if you didn't go to UVA, they probably wouldn't know. Yeah, they let you in. It's for sure. Yeah. You just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, to be totally honest, I felt a little bit stressed there, but that's okay. Yeah. I was glad, I was glad Cooper had us over. The last one I went to was not at Cooper Manning's house, but it was at another pretty nice house. And uh, I had my, my hair was up in a high bun, and there were these like... Oh, yeah pine cones that were decorating the like like you know pine tinsel kind of on their stairway and i was like walked into this party and the first thing i did was like turned around and my man bun knocked off this pine cone and it like shattered in the middle of the floor like at this fancy people's party and i felt i felt kind of embarrassed but they also had this like geriatric dog and the geriatric dog pooped on the carpet <laughs> so <laughs> So it's fine. Yeah, they don't teach you how to be a hip guy with a man bun. You know, they there should be some kind of these are tough things that you've got you've got to navigate for. The gentleman's guide to not pooping on the carpet. (laughs) Um, All right, so. How do we feel? How do we feel about these? How do we feel about these Pelicans? Oh, we didn't even say who they signed or traded for. Yeah. So they got those those. 
those draft guys, and I feel I think those are solid picks, and I would be excited as a Pelicans fan, even though I probably would have not drafted Jackson Hayes. I would have, at this point, he can't really shoot, and so I think I would prefer somebody who could shoot. But nonetheless, um, they also signed J.J. Redick, former Sixer, someone who I'm very fond of, who Court doesn't like because he went to the most accomplished ACC basketball school. Is that fair to say? Wow. I mean, it's... Maybe yeah. I actually don't know the stats. I mean, you and you you realize UNC is also very good at basketball. I, that's why I pause. That's why I pause. Uh, um, I think UNC. I recent, yeah, recent recently Duke is much better than UNC. Although super recently, UNC is a little bit better. And very um, very recently, uh, well, it goes without saying. Neither of those two yeah. are the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they signed JJ Redick. And then also Georgia Tech alum, Derek Favors. Is that right? Georgia Tech indeed. Uh, yeah, so we got some ACC love here. Yeah, Derek Favors, one of Patrick Bailey's favorite players. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, they, these are JJ and Derek are two really nice players. I think um, JJ in particular, like I said, I think it's Zion is going to be at least early in his career, I think most effective in transition and in the half court, I think he's going to be effective just overpowering people and going to the rim. And it'll be way easier to do that if he has guys on the floor that can shoot around him. Um, you so said half can. court, by the way. I don't know if there, do yeah. we have to like make a little, you know, sound or something every time we say half court yeah. or mid range. Yeah. Can we, maybe, maybe we can get a like NBA jam sound. Oh yeah. You know? He's on fire like that, or like a, I don't know. We need a soundboard though. You know, in um, Frazier, the yeah. sports guy, he's always like you know ringing bells and stuff like that, and yeah, barking. Yeah, Mad no, Dog. I'm, yeah. Let's anyway, sorry to interrupt your your actual real you point there. Donation page up. How did we collect donations before? Well, we used on to collect Tinder them on my Tinder, but I yeah. I deleted my Tinder. So. Oh man. Well. Yeah. Um, just a mail dollars to court. Yeah. Just, Put just the cash break. in an envelope and leave it at the Hotel Monteleon with Stefan Pasternak on the envelope. I'll be able to get it. <laughs> <laughs> long, long story, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, if you ever want to like pick up something that's meant for something somebody else, you can just say... Uh, his wife told me it was okay. Told me it was okay to pick it up, and then just show uh, t- text message conversation of a, somebody with a completely different name, uh, <laughs> and, and that's good enough evidence usually. <laughs> anyway, long, love, long digression. I love those validation things where there's some like formal process. I guess that's probably just totally informal, but there's some things where it's like you need to. I thought it was, never mind. That was a dumb story. Back to the players. J.J. Redick and Derek Favors um, are now on the Pelicans. They are good at basketball. J.J. will particularly help because he's a really good shooter and will give space to Zion. And Derek's just like, a, Derek Favors is a really solid professional guy. He plays defense. He rebounds. Um, so, yeah, it makes the Pelicans a really interesting team next year. Um, what do you, how, how good do you think they're going to be next year, Court? They're gonna win it all. They're gonna win it all. They're gonna. You heard it here first. Wow. Okay. Um, Man, New Orleans would be pretty excited about that. I hope. I don't know. People are. It's not a basketball town, really. But uh, yeah. No, I don't. It's pretty hard to project here, right? I don't. I mean, Drew Holiday is good. Uh, JJ Redick is good, but he's also bad at defense. So. Um, hard to say like it's also just like there's a lot of teams in the west it seems like that are pretty decent i mean i don't they won't be in the top four of the west i don't think but maybe they could maybe they could sneak it in there in the lower playoff area i don't i don't think they'll be terrible they might not be like they you could also see like if drew holiday has like injury stuff they could you know you could see them 
doing kind of bad. Yeah, definitely. I think I would say they have something like a 25% chance to win the playoffs or to get in the playoffs. Mm. Um, if they were in the East, I would say that they had, I don't know, an 85% chance to make a playoffs or something like that. But mm. they've, they're a deep team. And then a lot of it has to do with how effective Zion is. Right. He's a phenom, but most of the usually rookies, even the best rookies, are not very good. Yeah. Um, There's also like but, how good, like, he's very good at like, you know, dunking the ball very hard and being on Sports Center, but translating. I know. I also think he's very, like, you know, is a good player and will continue to get better and can be like a very, very, very good player in the league. But at the moment, it might be more of like he doesn't add that many real wins. You know what right. I mean? Yes, I think that's I think that's right. Um, I, I mean, it could be right. I wouldn't be surprised if he is a very good player right away. But I think there's a good chance of that I watched a little bit of his. There was the summer league started last night, and um, I watched a little bit. I haven't. I, I don't watch college basketball much, so I didn't see a lot of him. But it definitely his like physical ability is incredible but his jump shot did not look great um people think he's going to be able to shoot it all right in the nba but it didn't his form like didn't inspire a lot of confidence in me and he got a three-point shot blocked by mitchell robertson a greater new world in his own mitchell robertson oh yeah um, and uh mitchell robinson one of the few nba players who has watched me play basketball <laughs> 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 much to his detriment i'm sure <laughs> yes yes um do you think he learned anything from you court uh he probably he probably saw a little bit of zion in me while i was getting blocked on a three-point attempt he was like ah if that guy can block <laughs> no no he didn't learn anything <laughs> i will say he does foul a lot um and um who does mitchell robinson or, or zion Mitchell Robinson. Oh, okay. Um, and you do have a reputation for fouling, or at least back in the day. Back in the day, I did, yeah. yeah. I don't um, think, I didn't foul out any of these games uh, that I played recently, so I've gotten yeah, it under control. possible to foul out in a pickup game. I, I realized I'm in control of my body. All <laughs> my limbs, those are part of me, and I am, I am my, uh, you know. <laughs> Is your body a cage? not anymore not anymore but at a time it was and you freed yourself now yeah exactly yeah well so they're gonna they're gonna switch to the east east bank uh and they're gonna make the playoffs in the east yes um i think they would i don't think they'll be allowed to but they should try okay uh, and geographically it just makes sense you know speaking of geographically uh and place sense of place uh, some of these uh, people are moving from uh, moving from other cities, and maybe they want some recommendations for places to go in New Orleans. Yeah, I think yes. Yeah, so this is specifically JJ. I feel like JJ is about our age. Um, he went to an ACC school. Um, he lived in Brooklyn, like you did. So JJ just moved to town. Uh, he's going to be playing at the Smoothie King Center. If he's looking for some coffee near the Smoothie King Center in the CBD area, I recommend wholeheartedly Mammoth Espresso. Mm. If I also, wow. uh, well, I go there a lot uh, when I'm at work, and um, yeah, it's the uh, everyone who works there is great. Uh, the owner is very nice as well. Uh, they make delicious coffee. Um, and I don't know, does JJ Reddick actually like coffee? The only person I really know that was an NBA player that liked coffee was, uh, what's his name? That Australian guy. Uh, um, Bogus? Uh, Del Vidova. Mm, yeah. Or, he, yeah, I love his coffee too. He's not Australian, but he loved his coffee. Um, yeah. So, uh, I recommend Mammoth Espresso. I also, since I uh, know the owner a little bit, I have uh, confirmation that he's offering JJ Reddick a special promo code if JJ Reddick himself goes in and says, <laughs> hashtag half court and mid range, 
he will get 15% off his first order. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's an official yeah, official Mammoth Espresso. I definitely checked beforehand, uh, you know, with the owner. So that is true. If he, if you are JJ Reddick, uh, mention Half Court and Midrange, hashtag Half Court and Midrange, uh, and get 15% off your first order. Wow. Okay. Now that is some offer. All right. If you guys see JJ out and about, please let him know. I'm, uh, I'm sure he'll want to take advantage of that. It's a, it's a um, great offer. I will, I will follow up. Um, if you are in the neighborhood of Mammoth Espresso, you can stop at Rouse's and for lunch and get for $4, three tacos or for $5, three tacos and beans and rice. I'm just kidding. Me and Court did that a lot. It is really good value, but that's not what I want to recommend to JJ. Oh, I want to recommend, and again, that's totally, it's a good value if you're in that area, but that's probably not JJ's priority. Um, I'm going to say another, another, a lot of my recommendations are going to be skewed for this area of New Orleans, not uh, in the central business district where he will play games uh, and drink mammoth espresso, but more in the, I have a feeling that JJ might end up in the bywater. Does that feel like a safe bet to you, Court? Yeah, he might. Uh, yeah. yeah, come go over there, check out the scene. Yeah, yeah that feels like a. It feels like it'd be cozy for him. Um, and so, I recommend uh, J and J's Sport Sport Lounge, which is a great match for JJ Reddick. Wow. Um, I think I you know I haven't talked with their owners yet. Um, but I do feel like there's a pretty good sponsorship opportunity there. Uh, JJ is a really homey, uh, all of the best attributes of what uh, people would call a dive bar. I'd like to think about it as more than that. I think it's like, um, you know, it's just a place that feels like home. Uh, a bunch of the same people are there all the time. I think beers are like $3. Uh, there's usually stray cats there. Um, <laughs> they give away free food for the Saints game. Um, it's sometimes open at like four o'clock in the morning. Uh, so, and actually, for an NBA player, you know, you get out the game late, get a little those interviews. You just might want to wind down the night late with with uh, beer changes. There That's you go. So it's I've watched many a sport with you there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, my next recommendation. Continuing with the Rouse's theme is uh, Whole Foods. If you're extremely hungry and it's before nine o'clock uh, <laughs> and you're in the uh, Seventh Ward uh, slash Broad slash Mid City ish area, uh, the hot bar at Whole Foods has food that you can go and just pile it into a little box and then you don't have to cook anything and you don't have to think about going to a restaurant. Uh, so uh, Whole Foods, no, I'm just kidding. Whole Foods, oh, the other thing that Whole Foods has is, uh, the bulk section. Uh, they have little like Swedish fish gummies, which I've heard um, are better than regular Swedish fish gummies and maybe are the best wow. gummies that you can get. Bulk claim. Um, claim. but no, that's not a, that's, that's not my actual one either. My actual one is if you're out late and you want to do some dancing to, top terrible music uh and you want to do it in the presence of at least one wedding party and or bachelor party and or bachelorette party uh i recommend the gold mine the gold mine yes um make sure you bring five dollars with you uh if you don't have five dollars and you try to use your credit card at the atm it's not going to give you money uh and they might yeah. not let you in um so yeah have all that ready also if you're dancing uh, I know JJ probably, he makes a pretty solid base for somebody else to climb on his shoulders. Uh, mm. you cannot climb on somebody else's shoulders when you're dancing there, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, yeah, I think the gold mine is overly restrictive with their dancing. Um, I think dancing on someone's shoulders is a totally valid way to dance and express yourself on the dance floor. Um, and I don't know why they don't feel the same way. All right, Ray. Well, Let's uh, hit me with another recommendation for JJ here. All right. Um, so if he is living in the Bywater, um, driving from the stadium, he'll go 
uh, right past one of my favorite spots in the St. Rock neighborhood, uh, Melba's. Um, I also imagine might live a kind of minimalist lifestyle. Maybe he doesn't have a washer and dryer in his house. You never know. Mm. And so you go to Melba's. Um, it is, you know, a great place to both do your laundry uh, and to get a shrimp po' boy or really whatever you want. They've got some gumbo. You get some, some collard greens. You get some chicken wings. You can get a daiquiri um, that probably has a punny, uh, inappropriate name. Um, I feel like these are all things, some bull crawfish. These are all things that I think JJ could appreciate. Um, I also think it's highly likely, and this might apply to a lot of our recommendations. I think people in New Orleans will probably not know who JJ Reddick is. Mm. Um, and so I think he will be able to kind of float around seamlessly um, even though he's a really good professional basketball player that has probably made, I don't know, almost $100 million in his career or something. But mm. he could just be a regular dude hanging on Elvis, doing his laundry. Washing his jersey. The jersey might give Washing. it away when he puts his jersey in the wash. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that. He should probably bring like a Anthony Davis jersey too, like an old one, and be like, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, had to get a new guy's jersey after this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wouldn't that be funny if he was shooting basketball at a public court and he was confused for another player mm. um, like we would often be compared when we played on courts what are some comparisons we got we got Nikola Miritich um, I think because he has a beard and mm. a lot of us have beard we got Alexi Shved once yeah right? a lot of Kevin um, Love a lot of Kevin Love <laughs> So yeah, um, that would be really that would be really funny if he was confused for a different NBA player. That's Kyle Korver. <laughs> <laughs> Killer Kyle Korver. Uh, um, uh, yes, indeed. Okay, so I went. So what? Uh, what's another recommendation that you got, Court? Does JJ Reddick have any kids? Any hair? Any kids? He does have kids. He has at least one kid. Oh, yeah. I've never been to this place, but out uh, if you're going towards the airport, uh, somewhere in Metairie, I guess, maybe Metairie, maybe Kenner, there's a trampoline place called Sector 6. Uh, and I've heard that it's not a good place to go if you're just like an uh, adult. But if you have kids, then it's like... <laughs> you can jump on the trampolines there but it's also fun like you know it's still fun and also i've heard they have trampolines with basketball hoops so if jj reddick ever wanted to feel uh what it would be like to dunk a basketball uh (laughs) he could use the trampolines there on the basketball court to uh you know just imagine what it would be like to you know be able to dunk a basketball on a full-size hoop jj reddick did dunk at least once in an nba game um but uh, I don't know. I bet he still can dunk, but he hasn't done so in a long time. I believe it. So yeah, that's a good. That's a good recommendation. That's a good recommendation. All right, give me give me one more here for him here, Ray, and then okay. we'll move on. Um, my uh, favorite spot in the city is I, so. Court and I used to live in the Upper Ninth Ward of New Orleans, uh, close to the Bywater, where we recommended some spots. My favorite spot is the Lower Ninth Ward Levee Wall, which is really close to where we used to live. And if you're not familiar with New Orleans, there are not a lot of hills there. Um, and so the levee walls form some of the only hills. Um, and so it's this nice, like, grassy hill by the Mississippi River. Uh, we've had some some fun events there. Um, I'd like to run on there. You can run along the levee wall for a while. And it's really nice. So I would uh, recommend that he check that out. Uh, I bet he will go for a run from time to time or just want to hang out and watch the boats go by. And that is my final recommendation for J.J. Riddick. Well, he's got a lot of things to welcome him to the city. Uh, you know, we might do it after he's contacted us and told us that he's done all these ones. Uh, we can give him a new list of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And prepare him for Mardi Gras, possibly. Mardi Gras. Yes, we, we we do need an update for that. Um, yeah, so in a equally good segue as the rest of them, uh, <laughs> there were some other big free agent signings. 
including the Nets uh, completing their big three. They already had their number one guy, Joe Harris, uh, but they added a couple of, uh, you know, lesser stars to pair with him. Yes, indeed. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving decided to uh, join forces with Joe Harris, uh, forming what is, I mean, probably the best big three in the NBA right now, right, Court? Right now or ever. Yeah. In <laughs> um, a move that, that shocked the, uh, didn't shock the NBA world. Actually, people thought it was coming. Um, but particularly disappointed Knicks fans who thought they had a shot at particularly Kevin Durant, but also Kyrie Irving. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to be, Durant ruptured his Achilles tendon in the finals. It was very um, sad uh, for him and for NBA fans. Um, so he'll probably be out basically all next season. That's what's being reported. So it probably won't be that good next year, but the following year, if he comes back healthy, they could be very, very good. Um, and Knicks fans are really sad that they didn't get them. And I understand that. I would be too if I were them. Um, so yeah. Um, what do you think? How do you think that the, how do you think Kyrie and Durant are going to fit in with Joe's style? Well, Kyrie and Joe used to be teammates back on the Cavaliers. So mm-hmm. they have, a you know, that connection. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in all honesty, like real, jo- you know, if we're not being joking about Joe Harris and stuff, like, if you, a guy can hit a lot of three pointers, that's a useful person to have around uh, star people. Especially since Joe Harris isn't really like a shot creator, he can just be the guy that you know stands out there and draws defense. You know, in case people are doubling, tripling the stars, knock down some threes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be a nice team. They just got a lot of. They got a lot of. They've done a really good job. Um, there's been a number of teams: the Nets, um, the Clippers, um, that have just really been smart about building their teams, not signing guys with bad contracts, and getting draft picks and making good picks. And then it's been that. So they've got a lot of nice players with with Joe on a reasonable contract, and they've got Karis LeVert who looks really good, and um, Spencer Dinwiddie who looks has looked good, and so. I do think that they are going to be a fun team and it'll be interesting to see. I feel like the Nets haven't, they had some good years with Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson and those teams, but they've largely been a, you know, irrelevant franchise. So it would be pretty fun if, if Kyrie and Durant can lead them to, you know, be a really good team in the league and be relevant and maybe compete for a championship. So, yeah. Um, moving on to that, we mentioned the Knicks. Um, yeah, speaking of teams that aren't as good about being smart in their team building. Yeah, yeah. I don't. This is. It's kind of just sad. So for, I don't. I don't know how much we talked about it on here, but the Knicks, for our listeners, the Knicks have a really awful owner. Well, okay, I don't want to say it. The the Knicks have an owner who doesn't seem to be very good at at owning a basketball team effectively at least in a way that leads to the team being thought about uh, in positive terms and good players wanting to play there and making good decisions about who he hires. Um, and so, yeah, his name is James Dolan. And he's done a number of things. This, this, they traded away a really good player. They had Kristaps Porzingis thinking that they were going to get Kevin Durant or Kyrie or other players like that this summer. And their owner even went on the radio strongly insinuating that after they made that trade that some of these good guys were going to go, um, which just isn't something an owner would generally do. Um, and it's, you know, it's just not very professional. And he recently like banned a, a newspaper from coming into the locker room, which is like totally something that you don't do. Um, and he gets in arguments with fans. He just and they've made they've made kind of a lot of bad decisions. Anyhow, it's kind of been sounds like made. another New Yorker that we know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, but so talking about, talking about Greg Seaver, of course. 
we don't we don't want to. I'll speak on behalf of Rick Sievers. Um, totally different category than James Dolan. You know, I think I think uh, Stever would run the Knicks with wisdom. Um, I think they would have a great book club. Um, I could see even Kyrie like being you know compelled to join the Knicks based on the more uh, kind of like philosophical uh, literary. Um, bents that the organization might have under Greg's leadership. What do you think about that? I don't know. It feels like Greg is still, well, no, I don't know. I was going to say Greg is like in the camp of academia in some way. And Kyrie has like very clearly uh, mentioned his distrust of academia, uh, Mm. if not outright hostility. And so I'm worried about, uh, but then I also, you know, uh, I think Greg would be sad to hear me put him in the camp of academia. Uh, I think it's more of a been there, done that with him. I also rest assured that Greg has stopped listening at this point because we just talked about how bad the Knicks were for a while and it probably just would have, if he listens to this at all, which I doubt it, uh, then he might have turned it off by that point. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's probably uh, sworn off sports media at this content. And I think arguably we wouldn't be categorized as sports media yeah but well we are on the itunes thing but we also probably wouldn't meet his you know whatever standards of goodreads he's he's at right now five Um, star he give like if yeah everybody gives us a five star review greg would too (laughs) yes indeed um former former podcast guest man that was that was a long time ago yeah it's been a while since we had old siever on here yeah, we broke some we broke some serious ground. Um, just anyhow, just wrapping up that the Knicks and Lakers are bad. I will say this in the, for for Knicks fans out there, um, I actually don't think that the moves that they've made after missing out on Durant and Kyrie are that bad. Mainly because not because I think the players that they signed are they they signed basically a handful of decent-ish players that have some flaws. Specifically, they don't really most of them don't really play good defense and a lot of them aren't really good shooters. Um, but for the most part, they find the one year deals. Maybe some of the guys turn, turn out and overperform. Um, they, they send them to, to contracts that are smart. They send them to one year deals where the team can decide to keep them on for a second year if they play well. Um, so, um, and given that the other, the other major market team, the Lakers, the other historic franchise, um, they didn't do a good job of booing Kawhi. Who knows? And they traded for Anthony Davis, beloved former Pelican. Um, Anthony Davis will get to decide if he wants to stay with the Lakers after next season. And if the Knicks do a good job of of playing, you know, playing well this season, and the young players look good, and the Lakers don't do well, and LeBron doesn't play that well, or he has a serious injury or something, maybe Anthony Davis would say, actually, I would like to play in New York for the Knicks. That's not a crazy thing to happen, um, and they would they would have the ability to sign him. So, don't get their hopes kind of up a, again, Ray. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, all I I think there is some reason to be optimistic. I would be bummed if I were a Knicks fan because my owner seems to perpetually make bad decisions that reflect poorly on the organization. But, um, you know, it could work out for them sometimes. No, don't get your hopes up, Knicks fans. Nobody's ever going to sign with the Knicks again. People don't even care about Madison Square Garden, which also mm. is a terrible building that destroyed the old Penn Station, which was beautiful. So that's that. Go Knicks. Go, Go Knicks. Nick. Speaking of teams that we're fans of, uh, the Sixers, they got their guy. They got, they got, they got some guys. The Sixers surprised everyone um in si- so coming into the offseason they had um big free agents uh were jimmy butler uh tobias harris and jj reddick and most of the fan base was pretty excited about them bringing back all of those guys um and then there were some weird rumors leading into the free agency period which as court and i described at the beginning is just kind of a furious nonsensical time where everybody's changing teams. Um, and anyhow, it was ultimately determined or ultimately happened that Jimmy Butler, I guess, didn't want to 
it's being reported that he didn't want to come back to the Sixers and that he wanted to play for the Miami Heat. And so he could not write sign with them because they didn't have they had too many they had too much salary on the books. So the Sixers ended up trading and getting Josh Richardson. He's a really nice player. Uh, he's a he's a guard. He's a good shooter. He's a good defender. Um, he's pretty young. Uh, so we basically traded Jimmy Butler for him in a sign and trade. Um, and then we used the rest of our cap space freed up by that to sign Al Horford, former Boston Celtic, um, who is kind of beloved in the kind of stats basketball nerd community as this guy who does all the little things like screening and passing really well. Um, and yeah, so it was an unexpected turn of events, but they're two very good players. Al Horford is older. That's probably the biggest issue with this. Um, and, and yeah, I, I feel good about it. I think we're going to be really, really good at defense. Um, and Horford is one of the best def- defensive players and Josh Richardson is a really good defensive player. He's effectively replacing JJ Redick, who's not a good defensive player. Um, we already have really good defensive players in Embiid um, and Ben Simmons. So the offense is going to be a little funky. Anyhow, I'll stop talking. That's what the Sixers did. I thought a lot about it. I'm looking forward to this season. I think they're going to be – I think they and the Bucks are going to be the two best teams in the East, and, and the Sixers have a shot to compete for a championship with this, with this roster. So what do you think? Why am I wrong? Why are you Sixers wrong? Al Horford yeah. is old now. He's old. He's already old. How old is he? He's already old. He's going to be bad. They have like 10 centers. Nobody can shoot. Actually, some of them are pretty, they're fine at shooting. Ben Simmons can't shoot, though. And you can't win with Ben Simmons because he can't shoot. That's it. Mm. Okay. I, well, I mean, yeah. Here's the other thing, though. They are in the East, and the fact that you get to go to the final, like, you know, somebody has to go to the finals out of the East. That is a huge benefit. Uh, and, you know... You just got to get there, right? You just got to get there. That's that would be my motto. And I they came, there. you know, they came within. They got right down to the last little, you know, ball bouncing around on the rim of not getting eliminated yeah. in Game Seven of against the eventual champion Toronto Raptors this past year. Uh, and yeah. yes, Jimmy Butler is a different player than Al Horford and Josh Richardson, but and also JJ Redick, you know. You, for some reason, think he's amazing, but terrible defense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd be excited, yeah. though, if I were you, because they have the shot to make the finals. And, yeah. And it seems and like it's also not like they're making the finals and they're going to go against the, like, Warriors, prime Warriors, like, team that's going to destroy you, which... Yeah. Yeah, as we saw, even yeah, I, with bad luck of injuries, uh, can be defeated as well. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel pretty good. I think I would feel I might feel better if they just signed Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. But given that and JJ, but given that it seemed like Butler didn't want to stay, I'm glad that the front office, which is led by Elton Brand, um came up with an alternative path where we brought in two really, really good players um, and just tried something different. I think, you know, if we, we might've been able to convince Jimmy to stay, but if he didn't really be there, there's a decent chance there would have been some problems down the road and some conflicting, you know, personalities. Um, And the fact that we could pivot from that and just get two other very good players um, I also just like the idea we're so basically four of the Sixers starters are going to be six foot nine or taller, which is a, and then the other one is going to be six, six is Josh Richardson. Um, so we are an unusually large team. Um, and that will make us pretty good at defense. Um, the challenge on both the offense and to some extent, the defensive and particularly transition defense, we're not going to be as fast and as quick as some other teams. Um, and so that could present some challenges, but I like the idea of um, doing something kind of unique and out of the ordinary um, to try to just, yeah, to try to present matchup problems. And I think every night when the teams play the Sixers, they're going to 
think, well, this team is a lot different than all the other teams we have to play, and we have to adjust our kind of approach. And I think that can be a good a good thing to just force teams to to kind of constantly improvise and adjust yeah. to you different. Play your style. If it happens to be like you know defense and just having other teams be like, oh shoot, we got to play that team that plays a certain type of defense and a certain type of scheme could work for you basketball wise i don't know i'm just saying yeah yeah i um yeah i think it's gonna be i'm looking forward to this season also horford he's just a very i've become as i've watched more basketball i've become more and more appreciative of guys that are just like very smart and know where to be i think draymond green is the best example of this type of player he is just this incredibly cerebral guy. He knows on defense, he knows exactly all the reads to make, and he just he'll build these plays where he basically has to account for two two people on offense, and he's defending effectively two people because of the way the play broke down. And he'll just like put himself in exactly the right spot to both deny a pass and to contest a shot, and just like doesn't make any sense how he's able to do it. Horford is kind of like that, and so and he doesn't care if he takes any shots or not and we don't have to call any plays for him if we don't want to um so i'm excited to root for a player like that um i think a lot of times those types of players are overrated i would have said that you know specifically about horford and i think to some extent people can get too excited about that however the difference um, is now now he's on the sixers and so he's good (laughs) and before he was on the celtics so he was clearly overrated (laughs) sure sure speaking of the celtics so they lost Al Horford because now he's on the Sixers. And according to current NBA rules, you can't be on two teams at the same time. How did they lose they him? He's so him. tall. <laughs> um, and they replaced him with someone who's much shorter, Kemba Walker. Um, so yeah, what do you think about what do you think about that, Court? Uh, I mean, I don't think I ever have watched Kemba Walker play on the Hornets. I think the last time I saw Kimba Walker play, he was winning uh, when he was on UConn. Uh, yeah, and he then they won. He just powered. They were like not even that good that year, and he powered them through the NCAA tournament. Uh, so yeah, they're going to be not as good. The Celtics. Yes. Yeah, I think Kimba is su- probably surprisingly similar to the player that he was in college. It's just this kind of spark plug point guard who can create offense. I think he's become a much better shooter. Um, and then we'll do more uh, shooting off the dribble. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this, if I, Celtics fans, I think are pretty encouraged just because I think they had a really frustrating team last year and Kyrie um, seemed to be in a bad mood most of the time and the players didn't get along. And, I think it was just not a fun team to root for. And so I think Celtics fans are excited that they have uh, a player that Kemba is a really fun player to root for and seems to be a a really good teammate by all accounts. Um, So, and I think I get, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they will be more excited to root for their team. However, I think their team will be significantly worse. Um, I do think Kyrie is better than Kemba, but the biggest thing is they lost Horford and they, they effectively replaced him with uh, Inez Cantor, who uh, is really, really bad at playing defense. And Horford was really, really good at playing defense. And so I think teams are going to score on the Celtics a lot, um, at least a lot more than they used to. Um, and so, yeah. And I can't say that I'll be sad if the Celtics are not as good next year. In mm. fact, I'll be happy. Schadenfreude. Uh, on that note, on that note of schadenfreude i think we're gonna call this one wrapped up um you have any last thoughts on these uh you know there's we and we we didn't talk about everything there's just so much that happened since last time we recorded but uh i'm sure so many more you know so much more off-season drama is yet to come so keep tuned everybody uh and it was lovely talking to you uh this evening right likewise court
Yeah.